Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and the Romero's Living Dead Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise... And we are right at the tail end of Romero's Living Dead. I've been your host, Al White. And throughout, it's been Christina Masterson. Hey. And Harukabe. Hi. And we're out. We will see you next week when we're starting a new podcast. No. We now have the wrap up. We've done all the films, six films in the official, well, directed, written by Romero films uh, in the dead. We know there are other ones, but we're not going to do those. I don't think. (laughs) Christina looks happy. (laughs) And we're going to explain some of the stuff. We're going to make some decisions on this episode. But if you're new to our podcast and you're just jumping into wrap up, who can blame you? These are the ones where we try and go through the whole series a little bit. We like kind of recap everything a little bit, our feelings on each film without going into super depth. depth. Super, I can't believe I said super. <laughs> super. There is want, a lot of depth in these movies. I can't believe I said super before saying something without going really into depth on something. If you want those then yeah, just head back, go on to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, and you can listen to all the in-depth two-hour, more sometimes, shows on each of these films. I think we did one that was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, it's diary, maybe. There might be reasons. There might be reasons for that. But yeah, we got loads of horror film uh, podcasts you can listen to on there. So just head over to weirdgeeks.com and patch out and, and, and have a listen. But on this one, we're just going to go through everything, and then we're going to talk a little bit about everything else around these films. So we're going to talk a bit... They're more casual. So we were talking about like comics, books, video games, and then get into our lists of stuff, like picking our favorite zombies, our favorite protagonists, our putting the films obviously in order, which we leave to the end. And then we're going to look at the future of these films. Ooh. How, but how could there be a future, you're asking? Because, you know, Romero, we haven't really talked about it. Should we just do that right now? Should we talk about it? Yeah. Sure. Romero passed. So he died in 2017 on, I think it was July the 16th. He was 77 years old. Less than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I was originally doing this to try and tie in with the anniversary of his passing, but scheduling wouldn't quite allow it. But we're nearly there, like a month out. Yeah, and it was was a very sad sad day for horror because he was obviously one of the pioneers of modern horror. And he was a few days away from pitching another movie at the time. But we'll talk about that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, even at 77. Mm. we'll talk about that at the end but yeah he did pass and that does mean unlike most of our franchises you can get pulled in at any point because they're always going to make a sequel to something these ones have all been done by one person which has been an interesting ride for me because you get to do a director retrospective and a horror retrospective so we'll definitely talk a bit about that in this podcast I think like how we feel he changed as a director and it's, it's a unique way to kind of see that because you, you watch actors a lot, but I don't think people are aware of directors that much in terms of their journey, you know, from film to film. Unless you're in the industry, obviously. But the public don't really care. So I think this is a unique one where it was very public. Like, people know these are all Romero. You know, his name's on all of them. And there aren't that many, so it's not like Spielberg who turns 
out like yeah one every three years and then you many, many lose people. track well, he does like two at a time doesn't he spielberg mm-hmm. so you won't do anything for a bit and then you'll suddenly get two right nothing at two um yeah it's very unique so let's quickly then just go through what we've covered briefly so night living dead 1968 that film Gets a 7.9 out of 10 on the IMDb's. It cost about $114,000, which is about 800000 with inflation. And it grossed $30 million. So that was a big old success. Really kind of, yeah, kickstarted how we think about zombies now. It was black and white when it didn't need to be in black and white. And was, yeah, essentially a bunch of kids who had done a lot of commercials in Pittsburgh uh, who decided, let's just go make a movie and just started making it without really knowing what they're doing. And I think, so I was the one who's like a big, big, like this was the film, as, as I said, if you want to hear the full stories, go to the actual podcast of it. But this kind of changed, changed my life in a way. This is the film that got me in horror and got me wanting to make horror films and pay attention to that genre because it could break all the rules that I was seeing in other films and I was kind of getting bored of. But you guys were both new, weren't you? You both, you both enjoyed this film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Is, this was a great intro. Yeah. Yeah. Very special. <laughs> Very special. But you haven't seen any other ones, right, Haruka? No, I've only seen the remakes of oh, a couple okay. of later on ones, but yeah, I haven't seen anything. Romero. Romero. Okay. And this is one that you guys still feel like, even though it's black and white, even though it's obviously quite antiquated, the zombies don't have any horror makeup on them, really. You still think it's one that you would recommend to people? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think this is the the one that I recommend if you watch, if you're only going to watch one, I think you should watch this one. Okay. Yeah. I think if you're looking for something scary, then maybe not this one, but it has a lot of charm and yeah, it definitely feels very unique and special. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like it was made with love. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like there's those few films on like the evil dead one and films like this, where they took ages to make it, but it's definitely a lot of love poured into it. Mm hmm. Yeah, and this one's the one that's picked for the Historical Preservation Society, is it, or whatever, or something? It's like it, it's put in a vault, essentially, of these uh, culturally very important items. And we need to... Was this the birth of zombies? Again, not really. I mean, sort of... Or like it introduced a lot of the zombie rules. zombies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the shooting in the head, I believe, origin- originated here. And the particular way the zombies walk in this. Like, you did have zombies, and they would shuffle around. Mm-hmm. But they were more, yeah, tied to the origins of zombieism with voodoo. Ah, and this and this started that whole thing like to do with space, which is hinted at in this one, which Romero was kind of against, but John Russo. And then we do have to point out, John A. Russo was the other person who invented so much of that first film. Uh, I mean, he had a lot of collaboration there, but really it's Romero and Russo were the two big, big, big people. And Romero gets all the credit. Russo is kind of ignored a lot. But as we talk through this podcast, we're going to see his name's going to come up quite a lot. Because mm-hmm, he got to keep the living dead? Yeah. Yeah, so he keeps, so after this film, they all kind of splinter a little bit. And it, depending who you talk to in which interview, Russo seems to think they're still good friends and then Romero seems to be grumpy and then oh, it sort no. of swaps and then it like, it's a strange relationship, but I don't really know what happened. Uh, but Russo took a lot of the original people who were making Night Living Dead and, and Romero started to go off on his own course more. And yeah, they got to keep Living Dead um, and Romero got to keep the dead. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, seems like a bad choice. Yeah, and they went and did their own thing. But we'll get into that a bit more later on. So Dawn of the Dead, 1978, 10 years later. In Italy, anyway, 1979 for us the world. 8 out of 10 on IMDb. This is the highest rated of all of the dead films. $650,000 to make it, which equates to about $2.5 now. $55 million gross. So 
bigger gross in the first film, but bigger budget in the first film. And this is the one that, like, yeah, this is like the first one's, you know, the critical historical film. This is the one that's a lot of horror fans favorite and the reason why people love Romero is because it's a lot of fun, a lot of gore, Tom Savini acting and doing makeup effects and stunt stuff. Yeah, this just feels like, again, it just feels like kids having fun, but with a much, much bigger budget, <laughs> like getting a big playground to just mess around in. But it was in color and the zombies are blue, which you guys know were watching some bits to research for this today. And was it you, Haruka? Was like, yeah, I forgot how <laughs> blue they were. They were so blue. And a lot of them just have like painted faces, but not hands. No, it's <laughs> like, really? their faces are like actually blue. <laughs> I didn't notice yeah. that. Smurf zombies. Yeah. Which again, yeah, Savini was upset about that because he was trying to make them gray. But for some reason, with the photography and the processing of the film, they came out more blue, which he was very upset about. But yeah, Romero wanted this one to be more comic booky and wanted like the blood to be brighter and Romero wanted it sorry Savina wanted it to be darker so it's kind of a compromised vision I guess from Savini with this one um, but he gets to have a lot of fun killing zombies and you have uh, some good tunes good tunes mm-hmm. for sure and then yeah Day of the Dead 1985 7.2 out of 10 on the IMDb's 3.6 million dollars which equates to about 8 million dollars so really scaling up big big budget and it made 35 million so it made more than Night of Living Dead, but less than Dawn. And this was the end of his first era. And no one thought he'd actually make another one after this. But hugely scaled back. So this was his first one. Not independent, really. But it was using unionized rules. Uh, even though, well, I mean, it was independent, but they were starting to do it more legit. Immutly. Um, <laughs> okay, we all, we all understand what I legit. refuse to say legit. <laughs> oh, hey, you forgot to talk about the crazies. Oh, yeah, shit, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also covered the crazies, because we're crazy. <laughs> yeah, Romero did a film between Night of Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, which uh, is called The Crazies. And that movie, fuck, I've got right on details of that. Was that 1974? Oh, I'm on it. Yeah, which really, in many, many ways, I do consider to be, and I just proved, I just disproved myself, because I put it in <laughs> this, because I was like, I, I see it as a dead film, and then I just forgot all about it. <laughs> But Haruka, you were the biggest fan of this film. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> you just like really seeing fun. And- it. <laughs> it was 1973. 73. So technically, Day was the first Romero zombie film in colour, but Crazies was also in colour. Dawn was. I don't, sorry, Dawn. Yeah. So confusing. I thought, this was, I thought the Crazies was before Dawn. It was before yeah, Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's saying Dawn is the first zombie film in color he did, but because yeah. he was saying the craziest is Romero color. wanted more like brighter blood and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. technically, the that was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, not, not other people don't count this as a dead film, but I really do think the themes when once you get to Dawn of the Dead and it's starting in almost exactly the same way as the crazies, but you know, in my opinion, much better. <laughs> and I think in Christina's opinion, the beginning of Dawn was better. When you're starting in that news station and everything's going on and you get like more context, it's very similar to the crazies. Yeah, you even have the same scientist guy. But this time you get the eye patch. (laughs) Yeah, he's now a pirate beardy, sexy scientist man. I love him. I miss him a little bit. (laughs) I don't know where he is now. Mm, Got eaten. Uh, Yeah, and then after that, Day of the Dead, which he he had written his whole big script and it was meant to be this huge epic. And instead, then it got scaled back at the last moment because he refused to budge on the rating of it. So they got half the budget cut, essentially. It was made as part of a three-picture deal, and he left this one to last. The other two films bombed massively that he wanted to make, uh, Knight Riders and... Yeah, I've forgotten the other one. Oh, Martin, uh, which is his weird arty vampire film. And yeah, this one opens big, 
an ends pig, but the middle is mostly in, in this underground bunker mine thing when not much happens. <laughs> As we're watching the kill, you know, the kill count, what do you call them? Yeah. Recall. Yeah. yeah. Recall. Those great YouTube videos where they just get all the deaths of a film in one like 20 minute video. I noticed with the dead to dead one, it's like there's like a few deaths and then very early on and it's like 10 minute run. At like two minutes in, it's just all the deaths from the, from the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> like no one really dies in a film and then suddenly just everybody fucking dies in the last like 20 minutes of that film. And then he went away for a long time, 20 years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, long yeah time. what did he do? I don't know, Ate Pasta. Ate Pasta. Um, he made other films. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, he went away from the dead. Oh, okay. Now, let's, let's talk a bit about that then quickly. What did he make? If I've seen any of them. Or have you guys seen any of them? Probably not, because you don't waste your time watching terrible, terrible movies. What blue, 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 blue. So yeah, after Dawn, he did Night Riders. Oh, he did Creep Show, which is anthology stuff with him and Stephen King. Day of the Dead. And then he did this film called, yeah, Monkey Shines. That's bad. Bad movie. <laughs> a quadriplegic man has, trained, has a trained monkey help him with his paralysis until the little monkey begins to develop feelings and rage against its new master. Mm, this is great. <laughs> The post is fucking awesome, actually. Yeah, look at this. Come on. Come on. I want to see it. You can sort of see. It's got this Ooh, little oh, that crazy cool. monkey eyes and it's got little symbols. <laughs> I think I recognize this post, actually. Yeah? I've seen it before, yeah. Cool. I do remember watching it. I remember not liking it, but I don't remember much about it. It was a long time ago. And then he directed The Dark Half, which was based on the Stephen King book. I remember watching that as well. I really like the book of that a lot don't think the film was that great otherwise i mean most stephen king films aren't great mm, yeah oh mm. the, i mean there's a lot of stephen king films how many of them are really great shining yep. which stephen king hated yeah so. he is yeah. <laughs> so he remade it as a tv movie which yeah is, pet cemetery yeah. cujo was great Cujo's oh right, but yeah. it made it oh mm -hmm. they made it all happy ending though didn't yeah. they in the film oh yeah okay um and then he shot a film called bruiser in 2000 Oh, did he do that? Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. After years of being tread upon and cheated upon, a man awakens to find his face has been replaced by a blank white mask. Mmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that. It's got Peter Stormore in it, that guy from Big Lebowski that we saw in oh, something yeah. the other day. What did we see him in the other Jurassic day? Jurassic Lost World. Is it oh, Lost yeah, World? watching Lost One. Yeah, and then he went back and then did five years later, The Land of the Dead, 2005, returning to his original films. And this is his first studio movie, uh, or like, you know, for the, for the Dead series, at least. Uh, made with $15 million. Uh, got a, gets a 6.2 out of 10 on the IMDb. It made $21 million. So, not a big success. Yeah, and as we'll talk about later, there was a lot of support behind this. They were making like, comic books, they were making video games. Oh, wow. They were really trying to, like, Romero is back doing zombies, mm -hmm. and it's a big deal. And so many cameos in that film, too. Yep. Well, yeah. I think Dennis Hopper isn't meant to be a cameo, but <laughs> it does feel like one. <laughs> and then quick succession after that. Two years later, Diary of the Dead, 5.7 out of 10. And the IMDb, $2 million. It cost to make. Uh, he wanted to go back to his dirty, dirty roots and really originally just wanted to go to a high school, get some kids who didn't know how to act, but wanted to be filmmakers and just go and do a found footage film uh, to do his commentary on technology. He kind of did, but he did end up getting actors. He was kind of persuaded to no, spend a bit more money on this. He just wanted to spend like 500000 And instead he got like $2 million and a studio, a small studio, kind of pushing him to, all right, let's at least get actors who've done something like this before. And, and I think maybe to the detriment 
of that film. I actually think if his vision, if he had stuck to his guns, mm-hmm. it might be better. Yeah. If it was just like, fuck it, let's just get people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that would have been more fun. Could be rawer and just, you know, I mean, it depends. It could be a complete mess. Yeah, true. Or it could be something a bit more special. Because what it is is just like, like the actors are just so stayed and the director is like everything. so I know, but so it, it's true. It might be worse. It could be, but I would rather have found footage film that feels bad, but at least honest and raw. So bad, but good because of that. Yeah. I mean, I've watched plenty of, horror, of, of found footage that's terrible, but it's way more effective because it feels real, you know? Anything where I don't have to have a girl doing a VO every now and then to explain to me what's going on and saying, I put music on top of this to make it more scary. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, flashbacks, flashbacks. And then just two years after that, Survival of the Dead, his final dead film, 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, the lowest rated on IMDb. Uh, it cost $4 million, more than Diary, and only made 386 thousand dollars so a huge bomb um which is real shame that that's his last film that is, i think it's his last last film isn't it yeah that's his last movie really mm. i'd want to leave it on i don't know where do we go from there because i don't want to ask you guys how you feel about all ha- of them. which film made the most money and which one was the biggest flop i mean survival was definitely well it was the biggest flop because it was the only one not to make money even though i had a small budget all the others made money right all right. The second biggest flop, technically, is Land of the Dead. Because mm. uh, Diary did double, over double his money back. Just like, because it was cheap to make, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. It's a toss-up, I guess. I mean, I guess Day of the Dead, if it cost $8 million, it made $35 million. Dawn of the Dead cost two point five, and it made $55. i am not good at math. They're roughly in the same ballpark. Did we say that? Yeah. No, I live dead, though. 800000 made $30 million. So I guess it, I mean I guess night still that makes sense a bit more I guess but then double that yeah I think just night just night and then dawn and then day yeah so in the order of yeah I think I think it would be night made the most dawn made the most then second day then diary then land and then survival I think that interesting wow so land didn't really make much at all. But this is the thing, it's like a lot of these then, you know, when they come with horrors, when it comes to VHS and comes to DVD and that's when they make loads of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not Their sure. Their lifespan is longer. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it's not like, you know, some of these films where it's all about what they do at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, true. Now, because of what we talked about, I was actually just reading an article that came out recently about how, I mean, there's a lot of them, but about how Night of the Living Dead, the, not Night of the Dead, but the copyright problem that happened with it. Um, which again, you can listen to our first podcast to learn about that. But a copyright problem that essentially meant that anybody could remake this film and do what they want with it, call it Night of the Living Dead, use the characters, use the film as well in other people's films. So just put it on the TV in the background, which is what a lot of films will do. You'll notice Night of the Living Dead in the background of many movies, including my own. <laughs> that it basically created zombie mania. That because of that, it wasn't necessarily Night of the Living Dead, it was a copyright problem. Because then it allowed so many people to rip it off and do stuff with it that it saturated the market in zombies and then created zombie fever for the future kind of thing. Which I think is interesting. Like if they hadn't made that copyright mistake, you would have been a lot richer. But maybe, yeah, zombies wouldn't have caught on as much. Maybe. No one can know. But they did. So many people made sequels. So in Italy, which horror is big, Night of Living Dead was released as a film called Zombie. So they have sequels to it over there, Zombie 2, Zombie 3, and Zombie 4, without a Zombie 1, because Zombie 1 was Night of the Living Dead, which is confusing. Have you seen them? I have, but I was like 19. 
I, I have to admit, I have not. I went back, tried to rewatch a lot of stuff for this, and those were not some of them. There's too much. So just to rally it off, you got stuff like, yeah, Zombie 2, 3, 4, you got the Beyond, City of the Living Dead, Zombie Holocaust, Nightmare City, Hell of the Living Dead, Burial Ground, The House by the Tem Cemetery, Absurd. You got Zone of the Dead, Flesh Eater, Mimesis, Night of the Living Dead Reanimated, Night of the Living Dead Reanimation, Night of the Living Dead Darkest Dawn, also known as Origins. That one is actually a CGI one that retells the original film, but in a contemporary setting, but is also a sequel to the remake of the original oh, film. Remember yeah, when you watched Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the airplane, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Fucking terrible. Was it bad? Oh, I horrendous so bad <laughs> and then we watched one with, which is made in like UK with some kids that are shopping it looked oh, like yeah. literally some friends just did it on the weekend with their phones and these things come out on Blu-ray like really? it's, they get oh. it's crazy that's weird it's crazy there's two animated ones that are kind of well actually there's one is it reanimated I think that I thought was a great idea where they got all the fans to say like we're gonna remake Night of the Living Dead but I think it's five minutes or three minutes is animated by different people around the world. And I was in animation college at the time and wanted to do it. And basically the internet, would, they would just get sent submissions and they'd pick them and then they would just animate three minutes. So you watch the whole Night of Living Dead, but animated in completely different styles every three minutes with different people doing it. Which I think it was a great idea, but unfortunately it was really pretty trashy <laughs> because no one was that great. Yeah, and then there's another, a film that isn't actually out yet called Night of Living Dead Genesis. And this is the one that's meant to follow on with Barbara and it actually has Judith Odea, the original Barbara, coming back to replay the character but they spent two years over two years trying to get the money for this film and they've only got 6,500 so far and they say they only need a week to shoot it so yeah I don't know if that's ever going to happen but god bless them they've done another like crowdfunding recently and it's about 600 bucks on it and it's like oh man the big ones are stuff like Dance of the Dead that's a whole lot of fun I recommend that uh, Shaun of the Dead of course mm -hmm. one of the greatest horror comedies of all time yeah Night of the Living Bread. Whoa. Hood of the Dead. Flight of the Living Dead. I mean, it's literally like a hundred or more. It's just ridiculous. Wow. So we're not going to cover, and I've wasted so much time. I've watched so many of those films before. We're not going to cover any of those in the future. What we will definitely be covering at some point in the future are the remakes. Now, again, with the remakes, because of the copyrights issues, there are a lot of remakes that we just went through. But we're talking about the ones that got a cinematic release. Or are officially from the same makers. So we will be doing at some point Night of the Living Dead, which was directed, I believe, by Tom Savini. And George Romero was actually involved with that one. And it was a way for Romero to try and make money back because he didn't make it off the original. So they thought, well, let's remake our film. Since anyone can remake it, we can remake it and try and get money. And that stars actually Tony Todd from Candyman. He's taking over in Ben's role. And we'll get to that at some point next year, I think. Dawn of the Dead, the, the Zack Snyder's first film. Mm -hmm. you I watched film? that one, yeah. It was good. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I haven't been back to it in ages, but I used to love it. I'm excited. I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to watch it until we get to it, I think. Then in 2005, there was a terrible, terrible film, which I'm probably going to make you guys watch, called Day of the Dead 2 Contagium. This is meant to be a sequel to Day of the Dead. Yeah, We'll, we'll get there when we get there one day. It's Wait, why really bad. Why do we bad. have to watch it? We might cut it. We'll see. I mean, but it is sort of, I'm trying to find what are the rules we go by, you know, because like I say, it's such a mess of stuff. Then there's Night of the Living Dead 3D. This came out in 2006. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Yep. This was another remake, uh, but it did have more money and it's got some horror stalwarts in there. It's not that great, but it is of more note. Then there's the actual Day of the Dead remake in 2008. This actually has a lot of people in it. So this came out shortly after the Zack Snyder one. 
So a lot of people thought, oh, is this, this like the proper sequel to that? Uh, it was not. I just got Mina Savari. Remember her? From American Pie, wasn't she in Mina Savari? It's also got, who else? Bing Rames. Bing Rames? No? Pulp Fiction? No. The Bing Rames. That guy. He's in Mission Impossible. He's oh, in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah of course, yeah, yeah. of course. Yes, yes, he's in it. So it's got some big people in it. And then recently, actually, there was Day of the Dead Bloodline, which just came out this year. Um, I watched that a couple of months ago. Came out in the cinemas? 2018. Um, I think technically it came out in like maybe just two cinemas or something. To, so it is like a theatrical release. Um, but it has some money to it and it's worth talking about. If we cut anything, we'd cut Day of the Dead 2 Contagium. Hot crazy, so we have to oh, watch yes, the crazy. Oh, yes, we'll do the remake of the crazy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about the crazy. I like thing. that one. What year was that? that was uh, I don't know. 2011? Yeah, 10? I think you're right. 2011. 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah, with the uh, Rada Mitchell, Timothy Oliphant. Okay, I'm going to put that in our docket. So, we, like I said, we're, we're doing some weird stuff here. We're going to make decisions on this podcast of what we're counting, what we're doing. And I'm guessing everyone's going to vote for the less movies, <laughs> the better. Because the last thing you want to do is end up with more movies in the remake section than we did in the original section, yes. right? Okay, so right now we've got Nile Living Dead, 1990. That's, we have to do that one, because that's Romero was involved. Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder. That's the only remake of Dawn of the Dead, and it's a big movie, so I think we have to do that. But then we've got Day of the Dead 2, Contagium, Night of the Living Dead 3D, Day of the Dead, The Crazies, oh. Day of the Dead Bloodlines. We've got seven. Seven. Wow. I think we should have to have like six maximum. Yeah. Because there's only six films in the original. Take out the shitty one. All right. We'll take out Contagion. Save us some pain. (laughs) Uh, All right. That means we've got two remakes of Night of Living Dead in there. We've got one Dawn of the Dead. We've got two Day of the Dead and one The Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And all of those films... Maybe Night of Living Dead 3D didn't... If anything else gets cut, it would be Night of Living Dead 3D. I'll need to check if that went to cinemas or not at any point. Because I think that needs to be a rule. Did it ever come out in a theatre? Like even just one theatre somewhere for like something. And all the rest did. It's just whether that one did. All right. So we'll do that. We'll try and dock it that for next year sometime. Cool. (laughs) I think I've got it actually at the moment. It's the first thing in January next year that we'd get to those. But depends on if anything else is happening that I need to move it around. So... I'm getting tired of talking already, man. <laughs> Can I just, um, there's a really weird kismet thing going on. Can I just um, read like out? right this? now? Yeah, well, yeah, today. Today's, so we're recording this on 6th of June, right? 2018. 2018. Yep. So apparently today, a fun-funded George Romero memorial bust was unveiled at the Monroeville Mall. What? Oh, oh no, sorry, this weekend. Is just there a This picture? weekend. Oh my god, look at that. That was this weekend. They un- unveiled oh, it. And that funny. was the mall that they shot. Um, yeah, yeah, that's day- where they shot Dawn, 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 Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, oh, where is this mall? I'm about to drive across America and I kind of want to go and see oh, this mall. Oh, you have to go. Pennsylvania. Yeah, I go through Pennsylvania, but we might be going south on this trip. Um, yeah. 40 years ago, the late George A. Romero forever immortalized Pen- Pennsylvania's Monroeville Mall as an iconic tourist destination for horror fans filming his classic Dawn of the Dead inside the still operational mall. Now, one fan has taken it upon himself to ensure that Romero is forever remembered inside the mall with a memorial bust. It's not even legal, he's just done it. That's Uh, pretty cool. Okay, so it's right outside Pittsburgh. I can maybe do that. I'd have to swing down. I mean, I don't know if it's worth changing my whole trip. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I want to go there though. That'd be cool. 
I really wanted to do, I want to do a road trip once across America where you hit all those places that the horror films are either set in or based on. Like um, the place I've gone was called that Blair Witch is based on that town, which is a real town and they got hassled a lot of the Blair Witch. And the place that Haddonfield from Halloween is based on and like all these places. You should go to Randsburg. It's so close to LA. It's um, where they filmed uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Me and Brandon go there, have gone there a few times. Should do like a horror trip across America. There's tarantulas, though. Oh fuck that! Oh. <laughs> fuck that huh? We saw it walking across the street. I've never seen like I'm in the desert so much in America, and I'm always keeping an eye out for tarantulas, and I've not seen one yet. This is the f- first one I've ever seen. Okay. You know. Then I don't want to go there. Loose. <laughs> in its natural habitat. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone's listening to this one as the first one, but I like the wrap ups being looser. It's kind of more fun. Living Dead spinoffs. Okay, so here's the big one that you mentioned sort of briefly earlier, Haruka. John Russo got Living Dead, whereas George Romero got just the dead. So Russo went off and did his whole other thing. So in the 80s, he started his own series called The Return of the Living Dead. And unlike Romero's ones, these actually name check the Night of the Living Dead film. So these seem more like canon, (laughs) to be honest, than the Romero ones. But they're very different tone. And at some point... Yeah, we might just sit down to watch the first one just for fun. But it is it is a lot of fun. The first one's a lot of fun. It's stupid. It's goofy. It's a party kind of movie. And it's got a huge cult following, like a massive cult following. People love this movie. Uh, it's got really cool animatronic zombies as well. Unfortunately, it was followed by some terrible sequels. Return of Living Dead Part 2, Return of Living Dead 3, which both aren't great. And then really terrible are Return of Living Dead Necropolis and Return of Living Dead Rave to the Grave. <laughs> great titles. Right. So, which were actually released in the same that. year. Oh, man. And Russo strikes such a claim over the dead films. He also did Night of the Living Dead, 30th Anniversary Edition, which we talked about before, but he, he actually went and reshot. He took out scenes from Night of the Living Dead and then shot new scenes. And this was like 2000, I think it was, or whenever. And then inserted them into the film. And so you get a scene before they turn up at the cemetery to do with that where that zombie comes from at the beginning. And then they try to make it look like it matched. It's, and then the whole scene at the end as well is terrible. Why would he do that? It's really bad. Really, really bad. And then he did a, a sort of sequel called Children of the Living Dead, which you came around to my house one time, Haruka, and I just finished watching. And I was very sad. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And unfortunately, it was the second time I've seen it. Oh, so I wouldn't recommend those. Books and comics. Okay, so whew, John A. Russo, again, he's a writer. So he did. I don't know if you guys know this, actually, because I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. But horror films get novelizations a lot. It used to be a thing that happened a lot with movies. You'd see the film and then there's a mm. novelization you could read. Yeah, well, that used to happen with a lot of films, period, no? Not yeah. just horror films, but yeah. I guess horror film, like horror novels are very popular, so it makes sense that, you, you know. You don't want to sit for an hour and a half and watch a stupid horror movie? Read it for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, so Russo himself wrote the novelization of Night of the Living Dead. He did that in 1974. And then he wrote Return of the Living Dead, which turned into the Goofy movie, in 1978. Romero actually wrote one with Sparrow uh, for the novelization of Dawn of the Dead. And then there's uh, two books called Book of the Dead from 1989 and 1992, which are anthologies, so they're short stories set in the universe. Stephen King wrote some of that as well. And then there's Night of the Living Dead, another adaptation of the original in 2009, written by Christopher Andrews, but that's unofficial. With the comics, there is Toe Tags, also known as The Death of Death. <laughs> Toe tags? Toe tags. Like toe? Yeah, like a toe. Like 
Toe tags. Like if you're in a body oh, bag yeah, and you're dead, yeah, make a little yeah. tag. Yeah, okay, I get it now. And you remember, you remember Romero liked his death of death, like it was oh, used God. in one of the documentaries. Yeah. Oh, no, hell no. It's used in um, Diary of the Dead, is what she calls. Yeah. That's the film that yeah, they're the making. Yeah, the film is called The Death of Death, isn't it? Well, he did a comic as well. <laughs> it was a six issue miniseries from DC, published from 2004 2005. And it was actually based on an unused script by Romero, which I wish I'd known because I would have picked it up and read it to see, okay, what's up? But I didn't. But when we come back to the remakes, I'll uh, make sure I've read that. Uh, there's Escape of the Living Dead. This is a series from 2005 to 2008 from Avatar Press. This is written by Johnny Russo because, again, he's still fighting. <laughs> this is his interpretation as a sequel to the original. And then there's a whole bunch of Night of the Living Dead annuals, holiday specials, which I love. And then the big one is Empire of the Dead. This is Marvel series with Romero himself writing, which we have seen right over there, from 2014. 2014, so when was Survival of the Dead. 2009. So yeah, Empire of the Dead is technically the last one that he wrote that's been released. It's the last official Romero, yeah, dead work. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like, it's about, uh, it's kind of set way in the future. Zombies are everywhere and everyone's hemmed themselves into a city. But unbeknownst to the people inside the city, vampires are running the city. <laughs> so it's this, it turns into this big trifecta battle between vampires, zombies, and people. And if vampires would, would zombies want to eat vampires? And would vampires want to bite zombies? And if they no. did, would... <laughs> they don't, I know. Will they become vampire zombies? Exactly. Zombie vampires? That's kind of what it deals with. Mm. So uh, yeah, read that to find out. Empire of the Dead. Um, I do recommend it. It's got some cool artwork as well, which I like by some of the guys who did the Daredevil Bendis run. And then there were some video games. Land of the Dead Road to Fiddler's Green might be a game that you guys are excited to play. Came out in 2005 by Brainbox Games for PC and Xbox, not one, but Xbox original. It's very confusing when the console is called one. Uh, this was a first person shooter. I remember this very vaguely. Uh, it was not great at the time. It takes about two hours to finish it. And I mostly remember it because you could get a headshot on a zombie like six times and it wouldn't go down. What? That's <laughs> stupid. I remember being really annoyed about that. Just shooting a zombie that's coming at me like over and over again in the head and nothing. Dead Rising is a bunch of game, uh, games, a series by Capcom from Japan, which is goofy fun. And they actually got sued by, I don't know if it was Romero, but a company involved with Night of the Living Dead uh, or Dawn of the Dead because it all takes place inside a mall and zombies attack and you play as one person inside a mall trying to like, well, depends on the game. One, you're trying to get a cure for your daughter. Um, and it's all fun. You can run around ransacking all the stores, like wearing mm, all the clothes, I'm taking all the things, eating all the drinks I'm and food. It. <laughs> you can wear like Lego heads oh, while you're like boy. riding a motorcycle with a golf club while eating a hot dog. It sounds and- great. It is. It's good. It's really good fun. They should like release that in VR. That would be Ooh, so much yeah. fun. We should just have like you know you have escape rooms. Just have like a, a mall that's an experience mall. Like you can just go and do that. Like just experience what it's like to ransack. Yeah. Like pretend it's the apocalypse and go and do what you want to do. And then you have to return everything at the end because that would be pretty. Well, sad. no, you should pay. Like they should rent it out by the night or weekend or whatever. Like a holiday destination. You get a group of your friends together, and. I mean, it would be super expensive, obviously. But then you do what you want to do, and then they reset it afterwards for the next people. I think there are prime people. If you found a mall in the middle of nowhere that's doing fuck all, there are plenty in America that no one's gone. I've been in some in America where no one's in them. Yeah, anyways, the do you want all, any of that stuff there? Probably no, but fill, not. But it would fill it with some stuff. <laughs> so you'd fill it with some stuff, 
and then you'd you'd pay it like just for the the super rich, like it would cost like thousands. So it's not a so. <laughs> That'd be awesome though. I just want to experience to be able to just like go into a mall and ransack it. I think that's actually quite a good business idea. Mm-hmm. You should do it. Yeah. But- all right, we'll you can let us it. go for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they should open like a zombie theme park and that should be one of the main attractions. Yeah. I like that. Thinking about it. Thinking about it now. Most recently, people will, unfortunately, quite a lot of kids will probably know Romero from Call of Duty. Because uh, Call of Duty, one of the developers puts in this zombie mode and they put in one level called Call of the Dead. And George Romero is in it. And he's making a zombie movie in this level of the game with Danny Trejo, Robert Englund, who's the original Freddy Krueger, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Michael Rooker, who all gave their likenesses to this. All these actors are like part of the film. There's one with Jeff Goldblum in as well in Call of Duty, which is hilarious. (laughs) But then a real zombie grabs Romero and infects him and he becomes like this berserker boss. So you have to kill Romero in this game. That's fun. He's like going at you. That's probably, that's probably a whole, I hadn't thought about it. There's probably loads of kids who only know Romero yeah. as the boss from a Call of Duty. That's why when you type like Romero kills on like YouTube, that's the only thing that comes up. Yeah, like, Call of Duty. videos of Biggest video game videos, yeah. Crazy. So there you go. That's kind of, I mean, it's, yeah, we talk about these movies normally when we get to these wrap-ups and you're trying to talk about the impact that something like Friday the 13th has had or Invasion of Body Snatchers or Nightmare on Elm Street. But this one's just so obvious. It's like, you know, it's had huge impact. And as we've talked about on each episode, he kept introducing new lore that then has been carried across for so many films. Um, up until last couple. Yeah, and TV show. Um, like, The Walking Dead is constantly... Like, The Walking Dead wouldn't exist. Like, the guy who created Robert Kirkman created comics. He did it because he was so madly in love with Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. And the creators of the TV show constantly used all of his films to his reference for, like, the design of their zombies. But one, even that first one, wasn't it? They said the very first zombie you see in Night of the Living Dead, they based their entire zombie movements around that. So yeah, it's just, it's a huge cultural impact. So there's not really much more to, to say about that. You don't need to fight for that. <laughs> so let's get into then our awards, shall we? Yay! Whoa! Favorite part. So favorite I can part. stop talking because <laughs> I'm tired of talking. All right, let's go with our favorite zombies. So you can throw in different stuff here. You can throw in your actual favorite zombie if you have a particular one, but really we're just looking for like the designs. Like which film do you think nailed what you want from a zombie to look like, act like? And you, it's all in. You can't like go, oh, the look from this one, but then the, you know, the acting from this one or whatever. Got to be just a film. Christina, you want to go first? The zombie that I attach to the most is pretty, I feel like you guys know. Big Daddy. It's Bub. Bub. <laughs> yeah, just because he was likable, lovable, and you know, he made me he made me feel something. What did he make you feel, Christina? <laughs> he made me feel like, don't kill Bub. <laughs> don't kill him. You know? And they don't. We never know what happens to yeah, Bub. He was so, he's such an interesting zombie. So he is by far my favorite in all the films. Yep. Are you sad that we don't get more of Bub in a future film? Um, yeah, I think the last movie, what was the last movie called? Survival, Survival of the Dead. Survival of the Dead, and I think it should have been Bub. It should have been the, uh, the leading 
The lead. <laughs> leading zombie. The no, just the lead. Oh, just the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about this morning. Yeah. I would totally watch that movie. Just a silent zombie movie of of like one of them walking from place to place. If it's Bob, mm-hmm. it's fine by me. No, he was Bob talks though, so doesn't he oh, have to be silent? True. Does he talk though? Yeah, he says something, Bub. doesn't he? Oh, he oh, says yeah. a couple of things, doesn't he? I think he does a little bit. I mean, he definitely gets some people angry, but I think by Big Daddy does so much more than Bob that Big Daddy he gets does. people more angry. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. teaches he teaches zombies how to use guns. Yeah. yeah. It, big zombie is like kind of like Bub um, evolutionized, you know? It's mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. next generation yeah. of Bub smarts. And the, <laughs> and then later on, we have girl zombies riding horses. So, oh. you know, the evolution continues. That's true. Continues. Is it evolution? The no. bitch Driving is what cars she called well. her. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what, what then are your favorite? Uh, do you have like a look for zombies in any of the films that you like the most? You can look panicked. You can say no. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, you know, look back on that one. So shoot. <laughs> All right, Haruka. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about zombies in like a you know on a personal level, then yeah, I was very torn between Bob and Big Daddy, obviously. But I feel like yeah, I liked Bob better because. Bob wasn't angry. He was just trying. It was so adorable. His name's Bob. It wasn't Big Daddy was very scary looking, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. The scarring yeah. on his face was very yeah. different than any other zombies we've yeah. seen. Yeah. So in terms of makeup, I think yes. Land had the best zombie makeup. Okay. And Big Daddy was the scariest of them all. So I just want, like, all I want is... All you want in the whole world. Yeah, in the whole world is a film called Night of the BND. What is that? Oh, no, no, BBD. I mistyped it. Night of the BBD. And it's a road trip movie, as I said before, of Bob and Big Daddy. Just like, you know, road tripping. They've crossed paths. Yeah. Are they actually driving? They can drive. I didn't think about it. but Yeah, zombies can drive. As we found out in Survival of the Dead. And in Apocalypse, you probably don't need to drive that well either because there's someone else on the road. Oh, that would be so cute. True. That would be so cute. And then like Bob can be the, you know, the silly one and Big Daddy can be the daddy. (laughs) (laughs) So so. is like Big Daddy the... The bear and Bubba's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got shot to them by campfires, just yeah. screaming. <laughs> like eating human remains, like setting them on fire, burning them extensively. That's a short film that has to happen, for sure. In fact, it might already exist. We should look on YouTube. Someone's probably done something like that. Probably. What was your favorite, Al? I went more, actually, I went more for like, yeah, the looks of the zombies, which yeah, I agree. Land of the Dead for me is, I struggle with a bit because I love the look at most of the zombies in Day of the Dead. Um, and what I really love about Dead Dead, do you remember in the opening, we got that cool fucking opening in the city, which apparently was by the second unit director anyway. Oh, yeah, with the crocodile and stuff. Yeah, crocodile on the steps. So, like, all in, they're doing that gorillaism. Hello, is anybody there? And then you get this zombie walk up that's a puppet zombie with half of its jaw missing, which was a mistake because it fell off or something, and then they just went with it. And then the title comes up with that. Like, that's my favorite title sequence, and I love how that zombie looks. But in all honesty, yeah, Land of the Dead, they do that, but better. And they do some CGI stuff, which I'm not a fan of in Land. Mm-hmm. But not too many. Not too much. But yeah, it's the puppet stuff. Honestly, I like the makeup's definitely best in Land, but the puppet stuff in Land, I really love it. And some people hate it. But when you're panning by some of these like skeletal zombies and their faces like moving in mm-hmm. weird, what the fuck, like that stuff. I picked Land for my favorite uh, makeup, makeup, makeup stuff, yeah. Not too blue. 
Not too blue. No. I picked uh, that one for my uh, least favorite makeup. The blue, the Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Do you, I mean... The Smurfs. Yeah, we talked about a lot. That was like, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I could, I don't know. Again, I just sort of take it for what it is. I'm just like, all but right. I'm just talking about the makeup. I'm saying makeup. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm just... For the zombie look. It's impossible for so many people. And for me, it's, I think it is, like I said, it's just like, I take it like theater. It's like, this represents something. It's not literal. But I don't think that that's, that's what they were trying I to know. do. I know, I agree. <laughs> but for some reason, I can just go with it in terms of, well, it's so much of it. I do got to say that when they bite, like when that in the beginning, when they're in that, uh, what, apartment complex, and that zombie bites that woman in the neck and then the arm... Like that does like the the texture of the flesh does make me go mm. the foamy texture yeah yeah do you know what's really annoying is you could so easily do a new grade of Dawn of the Dead now and just all the blue turn it to gray like so yeah, easily yeah that's what I was thinking why didn't they do that before? they could just spend some money now no you couldn't do that before. you can oh, do okay. anything with grade before oh uh, back in the days of film but now they could just someone must just spend that money and do that but then they'll have to like. Grade the hands, the arms, and other body parts separately. Yeah, but that's how you do it, right? You just use tracking on it. You just do power boxes, and then you track, and then you change the color. Oh, wow. And you just pick out, because it's blue. I mean, if the whole scene is blue, it gets trickier, but it's still possible. Right. So if you're listening, you have lots of money, get in contact with Romero's estate, please. (laughs) (laughs) Please, we're begging you. It would be really interesting to see how people feel differently about that film. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I want to know what's your favorite lead. So the, a lot of these films have ensemble leads, really, because they're always about collections of peoples. So normally I would go through and name each one, but there's so fucking many, I'm not going to do it. Christina looks too much like she knows who she's going to say. So Haruka. The main guy in Night of the Living Dead was definitely by far my favorite. Ben? Ben, ben yes, That's thank my you, Ben. Too. Played by Dwayne Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd go for Peter, Ken Foray in Dawn of the Dead. I know. It was a pull between Ben and Peter. The only thing I, I didn't like about Peter was his abortion comment. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was just awkward. Mm-hmm. And then Ben. Look, he knows how. I right? didn't like it when he like punched uh, Bob. Barb. <laughs> in the face. Oh, I yeah. think that was totally cool for That's about it. That they totally both did cool. some weird things that were a little unnecessary, but uh, I still like them both. And Ben, I had to pick Ben because he's kind of like the original, man. He was badass. Yeah. True. Um, badass. Peter is badass too, though. None too, of the females. Yeah. I mean, I, you said your favorite. That was my yeah. Favorite. I know. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. Well, my second favorite was the best friend in the crazies. The best friend yeah, in the crazies. I, but he's not really a protagonist. The like doofus oh, fireman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going crazy. And he was doing the whole like Mercutio thing. Uh, <laughs> oh man, is, he's it. the one who gets. Oh, there's that cool kill in that, isn't it? When he's in the forest and the zombies like, well, not the zombie, the crazy is like coming at him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck, man. I'm trying to remember now. That's a haze. That whole film's a haze to me. I remember being impressed with something in the forest when he dies, and it's like slow, and then he puts something through its face or something. Yeah. Was it? Was it the crazies? Yeah, sure. definitely in the yeah. crazies. Definitely him. I need to look that up. Maybe when you give me your next answer. I'm Ben as well. Like, I mean, I'm such a big fan of mm, Ben in that original. I think he acts bands. so well. Yeah, he was great. Totally on board with him punching Barbara in the face. He made that um, movie. Yeah, he's... I mean, he didn't make it, but he made it. <laughs> I mean, mo- he might have. Most of them did make that movie. So. I know. Yeah, and Peter's my second favorite. Like, I think Ken Foray, he's kind of an extension of Ben in Dawn of the Dead. They just didn't really give any of the women any, like, really good roles. You know what I mean? It was all kind of... Bleh. 
I mean, they're fine. I mean, like the scientists and Dave, fine. It's fine, it's fine but the but story for anything, her right? is not that great. Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. know. It just didn't, wasn't that great. No. The only cool thing about her was that she was a scientist. Yeah. And yeah, but then she doesn't really. Mm, no. Why is she really like what's her face is the girl in uh, dawn of the dead you know because i like her arc a lot like i like how she suddenly then stands up to everyone and says no like i'm calling on your bullshit like i need a gun i don't want to be around this guy i want to learn how to use a chopper like i think she's got probably the most interesting arc of any of them or any of the females yeah or any of the guys even they don't really have arcs of most of the guys it's just they come in one tone and that's what they are mm-hmm. like she actually changes yeah she get prego everything yeah <laughs> Sits in bed, not having sex with her husband. Yeah. Takes off, learns how to fly a helicopter. So she, she actually would be my third favorite. All right, so who's the worst lead? Who- oh, I know. <laughs> you want to go first? Are we going to have the same for this as well? Possibly. For me, it was the girl in the Diary of the Dead. She was the worst. Deborah. Deborah. Played by Michelle Morgan. Didn't. Uh, I mean, she was an all right actress. It wasn't like she was terrible or anything. I mean, she, but like, her acting wasn't bad. Just that there wasn't much there. Oh, no, you terrible. mean the voiceover girl? Yeah, I mean the yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's terrible. Yeah. No, I got, I got, I got. She was terrible, and she just looked so dead in the eyes. Like she had nothing. She gave nothing. I didn't think she was that bad. She's so bad. Maybe I had to rewatch it. Why well, don't not want to so rewatch? Bad. I didn't think she was bad. I just thought she was boring. Oh, she's you know? terrible. I think she's absolutely. Honestly, I think she's ghastly. I think she's so bad. So bad. Okay, so was she your least favorite? She's absolutely my least favorite. By fucking miles. Apparently. By miles. Like, I actually find it... She's one of those people... I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Let me just check. But she's one of the people in this movie which is like, I find it so hard to even look at the screen. Like, she's just so terrible. She just gives nothing whatsoever. And this voiceover didn't, you know, do anything for her either. No, no, no. It was just... Clearly, well, she's just disinterested the whole time. Yeah. What else is she being in? Hang on, let me see. Oh, just looking at her face. Gosh, <laughs> um, that's what? sad. Just, you two are always too nice to act. Whenever we get to the actors, you two are too fucking nice because you're both actors and you want to be nice to people. Well, they're it's working, difficult. so you know clearly yeah. they're better actors. I didn't get that job. No. She got it. That's not how it works. Just, oh, so annoying. There's just like one of those faces that gives nothing. I'm sorry, Michelle Morgan. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> really not a fan of your work. Uh, she's in Deep Six. <laughs> so harsh. And I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen her other stuff. Maybe she got amazing. She did one episode of Supernatural. We should watch her real after this. One episode this. of Stargate yeah, Atlantis. Yeah, Yeah. That was, so when she did Diary of the Dead, she'd done a TV movie, a TV miniseries, TV series documentary, and a TV movie. She was only a few years in. Well, no, she'd been working since 99. She, she, she should, you know, know better. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who's yours then, Christina? Okay, mine is from Survival of the Dead. Oh, Sergeant Crockett. Sergeant Crockett, <laughs> really? Yes, yes. The lead Sarge. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah, yeah he not, was my fave, bad. not my fave. Not my fave. He was cute. So, yeah, I just think mm-hmm. he's bad, but kind of in an endearing way. I found. Yeah, like he's stupid, but. I almost enjoyed him overacting. Yeah, I think I'm... There was moments where I didn't yeah. mind him. See, this thing, I'm more sympathetic to an actor like that when he's... Because he, he's trying. He's just not good. 
<laughs> Whereas Michelle, I don't even think she gives a shit. You know, like I'm not convinced she's good anyway, but she's not trying at all. And that annoys me. When I see an actor who's just clearly not trying. Maybe that was her trying. Pisses me off. Well, then I feel really sorry for her. But with him, you can really tell he's trying. He's just like... He was in three Romero films, so he must be a good guy to work with. No, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a nice sure. guy. But again, Maybe Romero... Maybe it was more just like his character. I don't know. The film. Overall film. I would the pick thing. the fucking o O'Reilly guy. The oh, my God. It <laughs> was my least favorite. Like, <laughs> uh... He's terrible. Just so over the top. Oh no, it's not O'Reilly. Um, the other one. He was my least favorite antagonist. The two Irish people. Yeah, yeah. The two island leaders, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're both bad. Both really bad. Favorite death. Favorite death. Favorite death. One of the best deaths. I mean, there's actually a lot. I have a favorite death. All right, go on. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. What's the pregnant pause? Yeah, same. And it makes it even better knowing that all of that uh, like intestines were spoiled and it smelled. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. We were watching all the kills. I mean, I didn't even we didn't even see that yet, and I was just like, oh yeah, Rhodes goes on for ages. This one. Yeah, that was well. That was the most satisfying kill. Mm, So satisfying. And his final lines were just like. Choke on it. <laughs> yeah. So great. Oh? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I'm actually a big fan of the fist down the guy's mouth and land in the tent, oh. which you only see for a second, but I found kind of haunting. Um, I kind of like the spade through the mouth in Day of the Dead is a bit, you remember when you get like a shovel and just go through yeah. like the mouth of a zombie and then separates them. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> but my favorite is actually, the it's skinny. almost the same as Rhodes. But it's just before the Rhodes kill. So there's like all that shit happening. And there's one that's almost exactly the same, but a bit different. Because Rose one's like in the stomach and they like rip him apart. Oh, I know what you're going to say. But before that, there's a guy who gets his head ripped off and he keeps screaming. And as his head's ripped off, his mouth is moving and then his vocal cords pop. And they did it so that his pitch gets higher as his neck is, as his vocal cords are getting ripped. Oh, yeah. They had some good kills in that one, huh? I think when like Day of the Dead gets going, it's fucking great. Like that end 20 minutes is great, but shit. <laughs> no giveaways, no giveaways. But it makes it really hard to judge that film because the stuff that is good is really good. Mm. Haruka? Did you give yours already? Yeah, same, yeah. same, same as you. Oh, see, same, same. Really annoyingly, I did a test earlier um, whilst in here with Haruka for which character are you out of Day of the Dead? There's an online test you can do. Oh, why didn't you tell me about it? <laughs> Well, because I came out as Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I'm a Rhodes. I was kind of upset about it. Who did you come out as, Rhodes? I didn't take yeah, it. Oh, we should have all taken it before the podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, last category before we get to our putting our films in order. Best music. So we should clarify. Night of Living Dead, it's all made up of pre-licensed music. It's all just basically stuff you bought was free. Um, and That's endor- what I picked, though. <laughs> 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 Because <laughs> um, it's classic and creepy. Yeah, but he, did, he picked really good music. He picked good music. And Dawn of the Dead has a little bit of that, depending on which cut you watch. It has more of it if you watch the director's cut. But we're judging it on the original theatrical cut, which had the Goblins and Dario Gento. And the rest then are just regular scores more. So, Christina, yeah, the first one. That's yours, just spooky. Yep. I just, you know, listened to all of them again. And I was like, you know what? I just love the sound of the first one. It's just, yeah. it's simple, classic. 
Yeah. Very Twilighty. Yeah. Mm. It's Twilight Zone y as well. Hitchcocky. Haruka. Okay. I, I liked all the music from the earlier films, but I think my absolute favorite was Dawn. Mm hmm. Because, Sing you it. know. Sing it. I can't, I can't even remember right now. Do you want me to have, ring like, you right now? My, put, your yeah. phone, put your phone okay, there. Okay. Put your phone there. Hang on, hang on. Let me unsight. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hang oh, on, hang on. Call me, call me, call me. <laughs> I just got a text from our friend of the podcast, Lee Comley. Lee Comley. Who you'll be hearing next week when we start our next podcast. It's going to be with him. So this little precursor for him. He just texted me to say, you've been looking at me on Mandy. Oh, because we can see who viewed <laughs> you. Can tell. You can see who that creeps me out when actors can oh, tell you've been looking man. at the show. They pay, they pay the membership. They can. Okay. I can't oh. because I'm not. I don't have paid membership but. that creeps me out Lee. don't like it don't like it at all all right who can bring you right now for your phone near the thing and we'll try not to get sued uh, uh, okay ring him he never rings me this is your favorite music where is <laughs> oh it says i'm ringing you why aren't you ringing oh, me is this a different number maybe someone like, do you have an old number no I, is this the, i don't want to read it out loud on the podcast yeah the bottom one bottom oh one. Well, i did the wrong one what's the other one that's my old number. Well, someone's got it. I was <laughs> ringing them. Ooh. <laughs> we could ask them which is their favourite living dead music <laughs> selection. <gasps> that's not the one. <laughs> what is oh, maybe it's what's up. Maybe it's what's I don't know. Is it on WhatsApp? She's so embarrassed. What just happened? What was that song? That was from, that's the Evil Morty theme tune from Rick and Morty. Oh, <laughs> oh there we go. Oh, there we go. Shopping now. <laughs> <laughs> that's Al's ringtone. Oh that my music. gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were in it. Harrods. 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 Harrods the other day. And it was like, what if we had a zombie apocalypse and we got stuck in that mall? Oh, that's the place you go. Hell that's a really posh yeah. department store in London, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. would get lost, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, keeping that place on lockdown would be very hard. There's so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost too big. You'd want to cool. section off one floor or like yeah. two floors or something. It would have been cool though because like they used to have this um, pet department where they sold like tigers and <gasps> lions and other exotic what? creatures. That would have been pretty fun in an apocalyptic situation. That would be pretty fun. Dang. You do a 12 monkeys, let them out. Dang. Uh, but I also like Night and Day music from Night and Day. But yeah, Dawn's my favorite. Okay. 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 Yeah, I mean, Dawn, yeah, I think Dawn is my favorite as well. It's got a real mix. There's some stupid stuff in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Fun. Like some of the some of the music from the actual mall is ridiculous. Uh, but no, it's got a cool soundtrack. I have to, I've got a big thing. Like, I know when you guys are listening, you're like, oh, there's a lot of heartbeat stuff that they do throughout the dead films. Um, and I'm a, I am a big fan. It's not even music, but at the beginning of Day of the Dead again, you get this ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. And it's actually the beginning of the podcast. So if you listen to this, you've just heard it. And I fucking love it. Like, it's not really music, but for me, that is like, I don't know why it taps into me as a child watching these and hearing that. And it like seeped into me and got me kind of spooked. It's very John Carpenter, but did he copy that or did they copy John Carpenter? Well, John Carpenter didn't get into doing that kind of music until when would it have been? Hang on. Let me just see. Because I know that's what we think of as John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, but when he did Halloween was not like that, obviously. Uh, but he did, uh, I saw on Precinct 13 was a bit like that, which was before Halloween. 
Yeah, I'll say it's more Carpenter then, because that was 976, Assault on Precinct 13. Dawn of the Dead was 978. Right. But I think it was just at that time, mm-hmm, sure. a lot of that was sure, happening. Sure. But yeah, it's very John Carpentry, um, for sure. All right, then, guys and girls, let's talk about our films in order, which I'm really interested because normally at the end of these, everyone's got very different lists. Ours might be quite similar in this <laughs> film. So again, just to clarify, the IMDb order for these films of greatness to least greatness is Dawn of the Dead at number one, Night of the Living Dead at number two, Day of the Dead at number three, uh, Land of the Dead at number four, Diary of the Dead at number five, and their worst is Survival of the Dead. So it's basically an order of release <laughs> other than Night and Dawn. And that's how it is for IMDb. How is it for us? We like to go from the bottom up, obviously. Let's start with you, Haruka. For the worst? Yeah, going with number six up to number one. Mm-hmm. Diary. <laughs> Diary at number six. Yes. All right. Six. Are we doing seven? Are we including crazies? Oh, or? I keep forgetting about the fucking crazies, it's the man. Best, but, well, mm-hmm. All right, Al, let me just adjust my listening. I haven't put crazy. <laughs> oh, that's, that was a red herring. It, it's actually not. <laughs> it's the best top. <laughs> it's not. It better not be the best fucking film. Oh, God. Where do I put that? That's tricky all right you go your number seven is diary diary yes sure my number seven is survival count we're gonna let you go for this it gets confusing otherwise oh, okay. we're oh yeah films. you're right you're right okay, oh, okay. okay. Really so confusing. i'm gonna read out everything read out yeah? all of yours yeah so my least favorite diary okay and number seven next least favorite so, is number six <laughs> number six survival okay Ugh. Then comes day. <laughs> Hang on, but why, why is survival higher? Because on IMDb, most people put diary above survival. Because I thought survival was at least, I don't know, actually. It was just, <laughs> I don't know. I just hated diary so much. Okay. That, I mean, they're, they're on the same, you know. They're on the same level. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You just prefer islands I think to diaries. I, I disliked fewer things in survival than Diary. diary okay that makes sense that makes sense the only thing i liked about diary was that crazy mummy kid and the swimming pool bit okay and oh, other than yeah. that i hated like every single second of it and yeah. it made me really angry watching it oh my god whereas survival was like oh this is like shit this stuff yeah dull and shit. you know okay. i wasn't i didn't it didn't evoke any anger it was dull poop rather than angry poop exactly okay exactly <laughs> okay so what was number five Day of the Dead, mm. which was a tough call <laughs> between this one and the fifth one. Okay, but I, yeah, Day was a bit like uh, because I, yeah, I don't know. Like the only thing I liked about Day was Bob. You know, like the ending, the mayhem, or the opening in the yeah, big yeah, city. Yeah, now, now I don't know now because when I made this <laughs> list, I was so sure about it. But now I'm like, don't change your yeah. mind. No, I'm just questioning. I've got to challenge people. Maybe I yes. changed my mind. But because, okay, so the fifth one is land. And I like. I'm really nervous about how crazy this hasn't been mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. Because, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like land at all. I think I, Day was a better film than land. Okay. But, yeah, I just. I liked the concept of land. I didn't like the execution of it, but then I liked Big Daddy. I liked the, you know, the scene where they go underwater and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it felt more contemporary. Oh, yeah. And I am a 
you know, I'm a fan of contemporary zombie films, so it felt more accessible. Yeah. But I did like Day. I did like it. I like Bob. Okay, so they're kind of equal, but you yeah. know which one. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then, at number four, number three, Crazy. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. How? All right. I mean, to people listening, I mean, because the crazies is... Now, let's just clarify where that goes then with IMDb, because I didn't put it down. So one second. The Crazies, original, 1973, is at 6.1. So technically, that's, yeah, that, that's the third. It's just above Diary, but just below Land. Um, okay, so I guess you're not being too controversial with it. I know a lot of people who hate that film. Who really hate it. Um, okay. What's your reason for it being your third favorite? Because dead, I remember enjoying it. You know, it was like, you know, full of faults. I'm not saying it was perfect, but I enjoyed it. And I still had a lot of energy because that was the second film we watched. <laughs> so you weren't <laughs> so tired Still yet. feeling it's very positive, reason. you know? <laughs> and like I said, I liked the best friend who went crazy. Um, the daughter, father, incest thing was weird. <laughs> yeah, but, it was very weird. You know, like kudos for like, you know, trying. You incest. Know? Incest. Kudos for trying incest. Yeah. From Hurika. Um, <laughs> my second favorite, Dawn. Dawn at number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of, you know, the shopping mall and because of Savini and, you know, biker gang, OG biker gang. <laughs> OG biker gang. Post- zombie apocalyptic world and stuff. It was fun. And But yeah, the first has to be night. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah, it was just a special film. Again, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, it was very charming and magical in a very <laughs> zombie apocalypse way. I mean, it's a very different film from Dawn. Like I say, most, like, Dawn is kind of, it's more beloved, even if it's less respected, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so. it's, it's hard, though, like, putting this, it was really hard putting this list together because... I liked each film for different reasons and I hated them for like different reasons. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Looking at, I think one. Romero would be happy with that because it was one of the you know, things he said was like, I want to make a different film each time. And I, people seem to want me to keep making the same film and I just want to make different, completely different films. But they were the same. His commentaries were definitely yeah. the same. Yeah. All uh, well, very similar. Okay. Uh, and do you have anything to do with the whole series of holes you want to say? Are like, you, you happy you did this podcast? Was it worse am, than you yeah, thought yeah. it would be? Better than you thought it would be, like, well, as you thought it would be. I had high hopes when we first started because I was enjoying the first few. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if you know, this is what he did when he was younger, then surely he would get better mm. with age mm. and technology, <laughs> which sadly wasn't the case. Not well, the case with most directors, to be honest. No, true. But then he just became a bit too, like, angry and disappointed with like humanity and stuff. And became less fun, to be honest. Okay. It's interesting, though, because we're watching those interviews with him, and he still seems fun when he's mm-hmm. talking about his right. anger. And but happy. Yeah, but when he's doing it for his films, mm-hmm. it does seem quite grumpy. Yeah. Like old man grumpy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Christina. Seven okay. Up. We got number seven yes. at Survival of the Dead. Survival. Okay. So, Horse yeah. is the worst. Why? That was my worst. Uh, I just I was so bored. I mean, it was just so boring for me. And you don't like And I don't know if that's because it was the last one too, but I was just like, ugh. You're done. Yeah, I'm done. So yeah, 
thought that was boring. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I could say about it. Um, number six, I have Diary of the Dead. I like that more than Survival of the Dead because I liked the um, I liked the. <laughs> The cinema the camper fairy van. <laughs> you like the camper? Are you fucking kidding me? And I liked the the um, journey they took. Sure. Yeah. From one dark place to another yeah. dark place. Yeah. From a girl's I, I dormitory. Don't know. The kids were a little, just a bit more entertaining. I, yeah. I can than the characters. It had more in energy survival. to it for sure. Yeah, it did. It was easier for me to watch. And then my fifth one, right? Fifth. Yeah. No fifth. No. Yeah. yeah fifth. fifth. Is no, yeah, fifth. Kind of in order, so it's Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead. But how do you have the crazies on your list? Yeah. What the fuck is happening? I know exactly. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Land of the Dead. <laughs> I thought it was way better than Diary and Survival. I thought the actors were so much better. Of course, maybe their dialogue wasn't that much better, but I don't know. It was, you know, it was a little bit easier to watch because of. Probably the money. Yeah. Yeah. And the actors. Dennis Hopper. And, and the effects were a lot better. And the zombies looked really cool. Um, and they had some great kills in there. So, yeah. And then, number four, we have Day of the Dead. What the Ooh. fuck is happening? Yeah. So, I hated, hated Day of the Dead. But, after time... I don't hate it as much because there are some things that I look back on and really like, you know, um, <laughs> that have stuck to me. And that's a, that's a sign. So I also heard, you know, when I was researching some things, like a lot of people, this has happened to, hated Day of the Dead. And then after a while, they're like, actually, I really love Day of the Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like an abusive relationship that you were yeah. once in. You got away from then You look back and go, huh, wasn't that bad. <laughs> The yeah. good bits, the good bits yeah. are good. Yeah, maybe I'll try it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have another little taste. Yeah. Okay. So hey, what the fuck? Like you you I hated have been it. saying how much you hated the crazies. Okay, I absolutely mostly <laughs> so much. <laughs> I, I absolutely I had mostly. so much rage when I watched the crazies. I was just like, this is so stupid. Everything is just wrong. And why? Is everybody yelling? Yeah. Oh my God, it was torture. But it's one of those movies that it's so bad. It's kind of good. After some time. And I think it would be a really funny movie to watch with my friends. Do I ever want to watch Survival of the Dead again? No. Diary of the Dead again? No. Land of the Dead again? No. Day of the Dead again? Maybe. Crazies? Maybe. So you would pull on you know, the crazies not again. Not by myself. Over of Day of the Dead, you would pull on crazies again. Yeah. And I think it's also because it, it, it was a 70s movie. So that has, you know, some charm to it too. Yeah. I'm so happy. But I'm it's so also confused. to watch it with friends, just to watch it again and with friends. To be like, what the Look what fuck? I did. What the fuck were they thinking? You know? And like, why? How did this happen? This part and that part and that part. Like, is what do because, you guys think? Is it because you have a sexy bearded side and this man going, God damn it, Oh, woman. I hated God him so much. It, I still really hate him. Okay. 
And then so next up, number which two. would be number two, is oh. one of my favorites, dear to my heart, Dawn of the Dead. I really liked Dawn of the Dead. Out of all of them, it really is one of the best ones. And, you know, the very first one is Night of the Living Dead because it just looked beautiful. That black and white, the zombies looked great. I mean, they did so much with so little money. The story was so good, especially in comparison to everything else that came in afterwards. And I thought, it, I think it's the, I just, it's a classic. And so who could beat a classic? None of these can. <laughs> none, of these, none of these fucking things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's my, that's my first. So this was also, you've done um, the Star Wars podcast with me and Alex. This is your first horror one that you've done for a horror show. Are you happy you picked this as your first horror show? I am because Romero is a legend in horror. And I feel like I had, I knew nothing about him before. And I feel like he is a, a huge part of pop culture, right? So I learned a lot from this. You know, I'm a lot more uh, knowledgeable in the zombie <laughs> world. Another fairly and easy I could see, Yeah, it is easy in. And I could also see, you know, how I, could, I understand more where things have come from. And I, I see the influence that he had. And it's, you know, even though some of his writing is pretty shit. A lot of his writing is pretty it's shit. It's pretty amazing what he accomplished and what he did and the legend he uh, left. So it's cool to... Um, study his path yeah i do think this is an interesting for like both of your first like horror shows it's an interesting bunch to watch when like the other ones that we've previously done if you picked like 10 films of hellraiser 10 films of nightmare and elm street and you're watching the same characters they're kind of more enjoyable in one way because you definitely get to see oh how a character changes you know from film to film how sequels change a character as pop culture feeds back into the films and then that's kind of really fascinating and more fun in a different way but it is kind of, yeah, this nice easy end to like have something where it's like, okay, this is really about Romero. It's really about his path over the decades and what he wants to say as similar or different as that may be from film to film. No, so I'm glad you guys picked this one. Yeah, I think like I'm going to be at a party one day and somebody's going to like to be talking about Romero. But, oh yeah, Romero, I know Romero. <laughs> oh yeah, really? You have you ever seen the-, the crazies? <laughs> yeah, actually I have seen the crazies. Have you? It was number three on my fucking list. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna come in handy one day. Yeah, you guys talk know about it. Bub and Big Daddy and shit. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> about I'm still in shock at the craziest. So I know, right? That's that's just wrecked me. Time is forgiving. My number seven. All right, so I will say first of all, because I've done all the horror shows, nothing on this list is as bad as the worst in, in like the Hellraiser films. I think that's the worst I've had, like the worst ones in Hellraiser. I'm trying to think of anything in the others. Like, there's nothing here that's absolutely terrible. Ter- like, like, there are bad things, but they're all watchable, you know? Uh, Diary of the Dead is at number seven for me. This is the thing, when I look back on that film, I'm always like, I think I'll enjoy it the next time. Mm-hmm, like, there's mm-hmm. a thing in my head, just like, there's some money in there a little yeah. bit. This should be fun, sure. You know, like, there are kids. Why, you like survival better than Diary? Yeah. Dang, uh, guys. Yeah, but this thing, in my head, I think Diary should be better, but I was just so angry. that film and like mostly really for me just all of the actors and the writing and it's just like it's just so stupid like it's such a stupid movie i do think you could do it better i do think like he could have made that a better potential definitely yeah it did yeah 
Um, and then Survival for me just creeps above, which again, in my head now, it's such a dull film. Like in my I head, know, it's like so stupid. remember the Irish people that were in Ireland? I know. <laughs> you know they're off I a just little island off of, off of uh, where is it? No, off of, where were they off of? I don't South know. South of New York. I've forgotten which city it is. In America, not Ireland. Delaware, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, but I, but at the time, I remember watching it, and it was only last week, and just being like, well, that's not that bad at the beginning of the film. Like, I was expecting it to be absolute horseshit. Because that's how I remember it. And that's what its legacy is, is this is the fucking worst. And I was like, it isn't that bad. And gradually, yeah, some terrible things kind of happen. It. But I don't know. It's like, it's more, like you say, I think it has, I'm glad again he's trying different stuff. And I don't mind Sarge. I don't mind. The, I, think, I think it's just that. I think it's that for me, the, there are slightly more characters that I don't hate in survival than in Diary. Because I hate everybody in Diary. Then number five is The Crazies for me. Whoa. Which I'm surprised it's that high. I nearly put it at number six. But, Whoa. But again, yeah, there's a bit of charm to it. But it's just mm. so loud. Like everyone's just shouting so much. And it's so stupid. I know it would be hard to rewatch the shouting and the so and the drum beat. I mean, I can really take the rest hard. of it. The rest of it I quite like actually. The rest of it about the firemen and their journey, quite like it. But all the stuff with the the government and the army, it's gonna fuck right off. <laughs> but yeah, and I even I remember accolading it for that first scene where they're lying in bed and the siren goes off and then her phone goes off and I thought it was good storytelling. I do think it's good at that point, but yeah, I don't know. number four for me is actually Day of the Dead, and this what? one. I've, I really struggled with this because, again, the beginning and ending of Day of the Dead, like the last 20 minutes and that first five, 10 minutes, I fucking love so much. Like, it's right up there as one of my favorite zombie things ever. But the middle, I just hate so much. Like, Rhodes is just so unagreeable. <laughs> and all the army people sound great. And just, I hate films. We just went to see, not to date the podcast again, but we just went to see Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom last night. And a lot of it's inside one location. I just hate... I love one location films, but I just hate it when you have a big expansive film that should be big, and instead it's just stuck in a grimy, grey building. It just is so boring. So boring. So yeah, I always struggle with day. Because yeah, like, I can quite happily watch that opening and ending over and over and over again, but the rest of it, I need to fast forward. Other than the bit when Rhodes gets into his little golf cart to try and out-race the zombies, and then his friends are running after him, but he just gets off and he's going like two miles an hour, and they're like, no, because he's going too fast for them to get on. Apparently, what about the little hidden, uh, the little hit, little hidden, a uh, safe haven? Remember? Oh, what the little RV thing? Yeah, the hut, the hut in the the where the flyboys live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was it, the rest of it should have been like that. Number three is Land of the Dead for me. It's not great. But again, money does sadly go some way. Like the production values are the best by far. The zombies look great. There's all the, I mean, again, if his original script, which should have been land and day put together, had happened, I'd be very happy. But I mean, there's lots of stupid stuff in this. Like Dennis Hopper spends the whole movie in an elevator pretty much. Uh, it's, which we don't even see. Uh, the lead character is just so plastic. And, but, you know, it's, it's, I, I would rewatch this over most of them in that. There's some fun stuff happening, and at least it looks good. And number two and one. So this wasn't even hard for me, which is a shame, because I love Dawn of the Dead, but Dawn of the Dead is my second. Uh, I've watched this film so many times, and it's the one that I go back to a lot because it's a lot of fun. And I like how long it is, and I like that big 
chunk where they're suddenly every they've sealed off the you know the mall and then they're just waiting around i know it's so fun let's go live in there i love it and then they just get bored and realize that you know oh this isn't the answer and that christina doesn't listen <laughs> things that would make everything great i really genuinely love dawn of the dead and i think i have clarified my, for me why so many people hate it is that no this is a bad horror film this is a terrible horror film but i think it's a really fun adventure like a gory adventure film you know adventure drama and seeing it like that, i really love it and number one there's no hesitation for me like night living dead is like i said one of the most important films to me it changed my life and i can't get away from that so it's hard for me to get away from that um, but i think even without that like i do still think there's something about yeah the hand when he chooses handheld and when he's choosing like classical shots that really works for that film like i think the photography is actually really good in places i think barbara drives me crazy absolutely crazy some of the actors are terrible like the young guy's girlfriend is just oh, oh yeah, yeah. Blondie. really bad i mean he's bad as well oh yeah but man yeah like ben just saved that film and by the end of it i like barbara and ben because they were the original in the house you know and i like i like their vibe and there's something about it's very atmospheric and just yeah sure some of it's sure some of it is probably because it's old and that does help you you do like give it a little bit of romanticism and the fact it's in black and white does yeah, that as well. Yeah, thank God it was in black and white. It wouldn't be the same movie, I think, if it was in color back then. Yeah, and I've seen the colorized version, and it's all right, but no, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. That's 100% my favorite. And I'm really happy to have gone back and looked at these like these. Like, I've always loved Romero, but like going back now, seeing him like this, and watching these interviews with him, I've just been fascinated with him. Like I think he's such an interesting guy. Um, and I think, sadly, he failed more often than he succeeded with his movies. But But hey, he tried, and he got up, and kept going yeah and he will go down like unlike almost any other director that we've covered so far on horror show he will be a name that's remembered forever um and that's you know an incredible accolade and i think deservedly so i do i think those first two films alone are a big enough stamp um as a director where he deserves to be remembered um unfortunately yeah his his non-dead work is pretty bad Pretty, pretty bad. And he seemed to want to do more interesting drama stuff. I wonder if they still but... have all of the weird racism stuff in it, too. I mean, I watched... Or if he only kept couple... that to zombie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> again, I don't think... Again, I think it's him trying to be cool in that, oh, other people are racist and I'm not, so I'm going to write racist characters and then the leads are always countering that. Yeah, but I know. But unfortunately, it comes I- I'm out I'm not bad. saying that he's racist. Yeah. I'm just saying that it just it was so, so weird. How he uses it. Is... Yeah, yeah. I just... Maybe yeah, I wonder really what he like baddies. That's yeah. how he sees bad, bad people. Yeah, yeah. He's not scared to write bad people being really ugly and stupid, but yeah, it comes across weird sometimes. What uh, woman punching? I wonder if he does that in his other film. equality. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> equality. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm with Ben. I think Ben in that film yeah, has Ben's every right fine. to yeah. punch Barbara in that scene. Maybe. They had him punch Barbara so that he could punch the white guy. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like oh, oh my God, he punched the white guy. Well, but he also pu- punched the Barbara, white woman. The white woman. So, but because you she's know. a woman, we don't like it. But you know, white women also oppress black people in that area as well as white men. That's true. But we were happy with him punching the white man. It's like this big cultural significant moment, but difficult conversations, particularly right now. So. George Romero died July 16th, 2017, as we said, age 77. And like I said, he was a few days away from pitching his new film. So he actually had a whole bunch of films he was getting ready. And I've read mixed reports on this. So I'm going with the one that I think is the most reliable. 
had uh, four films. One was a zombie film, and I believe it was meant to be a comedy. Uh, so he was pitching a film called Road of the Dead to financiers at the Frontiers, uh, which are part of Five Fantasia Film Festival's market. So Matt Berman, so this guy has been a long collab- collaborator uh, with Romero. He worked with him uh, as a second unit director on the last three movies, so the not great ones. And then a stunt coordinator for over three decades, what he's been doing. He seemed to get very close to Romero as second unit director. So they were both going to pitch this idea that Matt Berman had had. He had come up with it. I'm getting some of my ideas. Right there. there we go. Yeah, he had made a pitch over 10 decades, sorry, 10 decades, 10 years prior uh, about a story set on an island where zombie prisoners race cars in a modern day coliseum for the entertainment of wealthy humans. Uh, it was going to be like Road Warrior meets Rollerball at a NASCAR race with no. inspiration from Ben-Hur. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's terrible. Uh, and Romero's intentions were he was going to be prepping the movie Spring right now, 2018, shooting this summer. And, and what's his name? I'm um, sorry. Matt Berman is still trying to get this to happen. I don't know what's going on because I can't find anything about it right now. So I think it's stalled. Um, and then he was intending to shoot in summer and deliver by Halloween, which is like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that would give him like a three, four month turnaround. It's like, that's terrible. So these are the films that Romero was working on when he died. Uh, yeah, he had this one, which he was literally a few days away from pitching. He had two more, which were original, sorry, one other, which was original story, and then two, which were based on novels. Um, yeah, and this film was meant to be a comedy, according to Berman. And he's kind of put himself out there as like he wants to carry the torch of Romero. So he said, quote, I'm determined to protect and maintain the legacy and integrity of both the artist and the man. He was a no bullshit, super honest, tell it like it is man, and I will, con- I will always continue in that tradition. And he wants to make these films. He's saying like how he thinks Romero will always be looking over his shoulder the rest of his career so he's really determined to get this one made but i can't find anything about it out there that's actually like happening happening there's a poster you can see which i have somewhere it's kind of like this it's this weird skull with an eyeball missing and then a biker hat and it looks yeah kind of mad maxi it's quite metal yeah it's very metal i think this is just the one they were pitching yeah so that's an, that's one they're just trying to get made now what also is happening is there is a film called well, sorry, there is a TV show of the comics we talked about earlier, Empire of the Dead, potentially happening. So in 2015, when he was still alive, uh, Demarest's production company announced at Cannes that they were developing the comic series into a TV show. And it was going to be written and executive produced by Romero um, and Peter Grunwald. And then in November 2015, AMC acquired the TV rights on the series. Because The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead is not enough. They need another zombie movie, uh, zombie series. However, I've been trying to find info, info and I can't find what the status is now. Like they bought it, they own it. They were planning to make it. Now that he's dead, I don't know what's happening. But we could get an Vampires Empire of the Dead TV show. Zombies, Vampires, zombies, people. Yep, yep. Which would be based on Romero work. Finally, there is a film called Rise of the Living Dead. Uh, this is a prequel story set at the height of the Cold War and this is notable for one reason. It is written and directed by a man called G. Cameron Romero, who is George Romero's son. And he is also trying to carry the torch of his father uh, by making more dead films. So there must be, I don't know if they're friends or if there's a weird competitive thing, because the second unit director guy, Berman, definitely is like talking about, I'm carrying the torch of Romero like he's like my mentor. And then it's the son who's like, well, I'm going to make the next dead film. And it's called oh, Rise wow. of the Dead. 
So I'm interested if either of those get made. Um, who's going to carry more weight with investors? But this is the question I want to give to you guys then. So we're going to do those remakes at some point in the future whenever we can all fit it in. But what do we count as a dead film? Because we said with this, it's nice doing this series because we know there'll never be any more made. I mean, I'm very sad about that, obviously, um, with all respect. But we know like when this franchise has ended and it won't continue because it's a Romero dead film. Do we count one that Romero had actually worked on and written by Matt Berman uh, with Matt Berman as a Romero dead film? And do we count one that his son makes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too sure about the son's film. I mean, it would be interesting to see the son's film. Yeah, definitely. But you watch it first, tell us if it's any good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that's how it works. We have to set up the rules. Yeah. But the one that Romero wrote, definitely, yes. Okay. Okay. Ones that some make, the son makes. I'd be up for it. Okay. So we're going to say, if Road of the Dead comes out, we will 100% get back in this podcast and review that because it's something that Romero. Was it, he wrote it with Berman and was involved in its creation and he was intending to direct it before he died. You might regret saying I might too. Might very but much it's not until next year. Yeah. So. Well, okay. no, I mean, it could be, who knows? It who might knows? never happen. And Rise of the Living Dead, then we'll see how we feel <laughs> with his son's work, I guess. I mean, once, yeah, like we can watch one. Okay. But if he's going to make a whole... You know, new series. Well, that's my point. Is like, it's... yeah, like Berman, I'm sure, intends to make more. But as far as I'm concerned, the first one's the only one that Romero was involved with. So unless any other proof comes out that no, Romero had actually planned out others, you know, and they're working off of that, then I don't think it should be a part of this series. I think it should be only the Romero stamp. That's it. Agreed? Cool. Um, and if the Empire of the Dead TV show happens, we won't do it because we don't do TV shows on this. Which is getting, again, complicated because our future podcasts, some of them have TV shows wrapped into them. Um, and that makes it tricky nowadays. Like Tremors does. Scream does. Oh my God, my dad Ash loves Tremors. Dead. I does grew he? up watching Tremors Fuck all him. the time. The first one's awesome. Really it is pretty awesome. All right, guys. It's pretty funny. We are at the end of a chapter. Yay! We made it. Well. Proud of you. Woo, woo, woo. Alive. If you've listened to this podcast, please head over to weirdgeeks.com. And you can branch out to all of our other podcasts. Like I said, we've done Nightmare on Elm Street. We've done Invasion Body Snatchers, Charles Play, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th. Uh, we've done Danny Boyle. We've done Star Wars. We've done other things as well that I can't remember right now. And you can patch them all through there for our social medias as well. Or you can just go into your podcast app or onto iTunes. Uh, it's probably ideal for us. And just type in Weird Geeks and we'll pick pop up. And please do, I know you're signing out right now, but please rate us and subscribe to us because that's the only way we get found and we do all this for free. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of our soul, collective soul, is just gone now. I'm definitely half the man I was when I started doing the horror show. And the things I've seen, oh man, oh man. And I've got to do it again next week. You guys get to move on with your lives. (laughs) Yeah, so while you're on weirdgeeks.com, why not head on over to our uh, what we're we talking about twitch channel you can also email us through there let us know what you'd like us to cover or just send us abuseful photos of you know your hats or if you want to just do that without going to weirdgeeks.com you can just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com and you will get us while you're on there hit the weird tessellate button they're a parent company they're a publisher and a production company run out of london la and tokyo making feature films making music videos making uh, short films web series video game apps in the future um and we just finished the first feature film called Starfish. And we talk about that on our topical podcast, which sometimes happens once a week, sometimes happens once a month. And that's just called Geeks. 
and that features a whole bunch of us talking about games, movies, and what we do, because uh, we are all involved in different forms of the entertainment industry. Uh. <laughs> so we get to be mean about other people because they're mean about us, goddammit. <laughs> um, I'm your host on all of it, and you can find me on the social medias. I am Mr. Alwhite, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E. What are you? I am at underscore hi Christina on Twitter and on Instagram. And I am at Ruka.Haruka on Instagram and at Haruka Abe on Twitter. You did Yay! it! You fucking did it! It's only I'm not sure if it's correct. You're just saying words. It's an entire franchise for you to figure it out what your social media is. Both of you, thank you very much. People won't hear from you guys, maybe ever again, but for a while. I hope you'll join me again at some point in the future. Christina, they can hear you actually this week. We were on the solo podcast that just is out. Yeah, hear our feelings. if you miss my controversial come feelings, over to Solo. we have on those, that, that film. And next week, we're going to be starting a new one. So here's where I'm going to reveal what it is and who's going to be on it. I am, of course, sadly going to be hosting it. I apologize to people who are tired of my voice, but that's how it is. And guesting, we have Alison Holland, who is returning. She has been on the Child's Play, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the Invasion of the Body Snatcher podcast. A whole bunch. She's coming back. And also, we have a brand new voice not new to people who've listened to our regular show geeks because he's been on a few but new to the horror show is lee comley yay so another british boy he's not a big horror guy so it's kind of fun gonna be fun going through those with him and we're covering the purge films uh this is in the lead up to the first purge which comes out at some discernible time yes comes out on the it's like the week of the 6th of July or something like that. Uh, it's time to, yeah, whatever. Figure it out. There's four of those. It's going to be our shortest horror show yet, actually, because there's only four films. And then we'll do a wrap-up, and then I'll talk about what we're getting to next. We're actually going to get into another short one after that, because we've got a big one coming, which is the entire reason I started the horror show. So I'm incredibly excited to finally get to that one, because we've got a reason to. But yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so please join us next Friday for the first The Purge episode, and we'll be walking you through those weird films i've only ever seen the first one it's the only franchise we're doing where i haven't seen all the films before interesting so i'm intrigued and excited and a little worried until then thank you very much for joining us hope you have a lovely week and we are out geeks geeks geeks